You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Half hour. Welcome to Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the theater and pop music podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And on today's show, we have a very special guest, Levi Holloway. Levi is a Chicago-based writer, director, actor, and teacher. As a playwright, world premieres include his adaptation of Pinocchio at Chicago's Children's Theater, Haven Place, and Grey House at a Red Orchid Theater, which... He is an ensemble member. Uh, Grey House is now currently playing on Broadway at the Lyceum Theater. Levi, welcome to Half Hour Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a yeah. pleasure. Thank you. We, um, we'd love to dive right into Grey House. Of course, we have some questions for you about that. We saw this a couple of weeks ago and loved it, and we have questions, and we want to know more about that. <laughs> but before yes. we do that, we just figured we'd give our listeners a little bit more information. So we'd just love to know a little bit more about you first, about your past theater experience and what kind of led you to Grey House, what you were doing before Grey House and what kind of got you to where you are today. Oh, sure. Uh, absolutely. Like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm Chicago based, uh, you know, and I, I studied acting at the theater school at DePaul. And, um, and then once I graduated that program, it was immediately obvious that you can't just do that one thing in Chicago. You have to become a hyphenate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I became a hyphenate artist and I, that led me, um, <clears throat> down many tributaries, uh, most critical of which was, was teaching, was education. And, uh, I became a teaching artist for a lot of theater companies, namely Looking Glass Theater Company. And I was placed in, uh, some deaf classrooms to teach mask work. And this was, I was in my twenties. Um, so I was dramatically underqualified for that job, but I, uh, I, I hope that I rose to it. I fell in love with those, those, uh, classrooms and became really passionate about working with young deaf artists. Um, and that led me to writing for them, um, mm-hmm. uh, creating <clears throat> works that they could be integrated into with hearing artists. And, um, and anyway, uh, I, I got the best job I ever had. I, I landed, um, uh, I, I ran the Stein Voice program at Chicago's Bell Elementary School, which is one of the country's most old and prolific deaf and hearing integrated schools founded in 1917. And I was fortunate enough for about 10 years to run their theater program. So I exercised a lot of my dark stuff uh, with, with, with kids and uh, 
I did an adapt some adaptations, um, and all those old children's stories are super messed up, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I would adapt those and build worlds from them uh, that were uh, that were steeped in deaf and hearing integration, and then that got noticed at large by the greater theater community. Which led me ultimately to becoming um, an ensemble member uh, with a Red Orchid theater company uh, with which uh, I write and act. Awesome. Yeah. So, and now that Grey House was at a Red Orchid theater company, did where did you get the inspiration for writing Grey House? And where did the, when did you start the process for writing it? I wrote it fairly quickly. Um, uh, because it, it's such a personal, uh, uh, story. And <clears throat> at that time of my life, when I was writing it in 2019, um, I had a lot of stuff going on that I needed to put down in ink. Um, uh, so there's a couple buckets, uh, of inspiration. The first being, uh, my nightmare life. I've always been, um, uh, encumbered by by night terrors my whole life, um, and I think it's because my dad took me to a bunch of scary movies when I was a kid. Uh, I don't blame him. I'm I'm gra- I, I have a lot of gratitude about that. But I, I guess I, I I just pay really close attention to my super messed up dreams, and I mm. write from them because I think I think dreams, particularly nightmares, are trying to tell us something really vital, and. Uh, yeah. So as, as cliche as it, as it can be, I, I would write that down and then twist that into, into stories. So, uh, as I was sort of working out the template for what Greyhouse could be my, and this is a little heavier, but I don't mean it to be heavy. It's just for context. And I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but my, my twin sister was, was killed, uh, in 2016. Um, and that, came as a real uh a, it really took my legs out mm. and uh uh i needed to kind of process that and you know we all lose we all lose people and i'm lucky enough to uh have the means and resources to to exercise that loss into uh my art uh so i wanted to write about a house that holds um grief and uh, holds um, uh, uh, youth that uh, you know, kids that they get to then experience a youth and a found family. And I also wanted to write about. Ooh, it's really thundering here. Um, ooh, um, <laughs> spooky. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. And, um, and I wanted to write. I was also, you know, it's not all heavy shit. I, or excuse me, um, it's not all heavy. Um, I was also I had I was falling in love with my now wife at the time, so I was really two people, and mm. one was um, one was at sea, and uh, you know, really in the dark, um, and the other one was getting ripped up out of that darkness by someone who um, who who is now my wife. <laughs> um, so anyway, that that's sort of the genesis of the play, and then I, I love a good ghost story, you know. I love that. And I, and it's interesting to hear that, you know, this was done out of town and then it came to Broadway. And when it came to Broadway, currently on Broadway, we have Joe Mantello and Laurie Metcalf now on the project. So I'd love to know a little bit more mm-hmm. about what 
what got them involved in the project and what were they contributing from what you did out of town to what you're doing now in New York? What were their contributions, kind of how they got involved in the project with you? Well, we did the play in 2019 at Red Orchid to a very small house, but it had some impact in Chicago, uh, enough impact to uh, lead it to uh, Tom Curtis's desk, um, our producer, one of our producers for Grey House. Um, and he then, uh, well, I should back up a step. Um, I ended up signing with Olivier Sultan at CAA. Uh, he loved the play. He put it on Tom's desk. He's the sort of champion of, of exactly where we are now and the steward of, of this play in this, in this wonderful way. He put it on Tom's desk. Tom was delighted by it. He gave it to Joe and Joe it was a pretty quick turnaround. Joe and Lori are a couple mischief makers and they, <laughs> uh, he gave to Lori. He's like, I think this, there's something here. And she said, well, if you say so. And, um, uh, so anyway, that, that sort of was all coming together. <clears throat> Tom Curdy, he got it in, you know, in 2020. So the pandemic kind of bottlenecked everything. Uh, and now that Broadway's back, um, I think, I think Joe's really interested in what this new landscape is. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think um, I, I think had some, you know, he, he, he's he's such a he's such a gifted artist, and I think that this work speaks to where he is and, and the kind of stories he he wants to tell. Um, I think he's all about these honest, uh, hard truths, you know, in in his work. Um, that's one thing that he does. So anyway, that's the that's the short of it. There's a lot of nuance to it, but um, the 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 TLDR is that I'm very lucky. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So this it kind of touches something for me because I always find Broadway doesn't always have the most welcoming new welcomingness to like new ideas and scary mm. being one of them, like horror <laughs> or spooky things on the stage. I mean, like we'll have something like Sweeney Todd, a musical that's kind of horror in a way, but this seeing a real ghost story on the stage, where do you think Broadway will take this in the future? I think that's a great question. And I'm not sure that I'm the best candidate for the answer um, because I've never really set out to write uh, in, in a particular genre space. I mean, I can't deny that, uh, that Grey House is certainly um, a horror play, but horror is among one of many things that it is. Um, so I think that it's a, I think it's a, I'm trying to, for, my, for myself, I'm trying to understand the Broadway landscape at large. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to understand where something like Grey House fits into that. And I'm not sure that it does or that it needs to. I think that it challenges the audience. I think it, it you know, uh, my hope is that it thrills the audiences. And, and my deepest hope of all is that it, that the audiences find themselves in it. Mm. And, and, and in, in that, that ingredient, right. Where we, we, we find ourselves in, in the work, we make this contract to sit down and watch. I always say like plays are like, it's funny because it's a bunch of humans sitting with other humans, <laughs> agreeing to watch other humans pretend to be other humans. <laughs> and uh, in that, I think that Greyhouse is very, it's a very warm play. 
uh, and, it, and it does welcome the audience to, to find themselves. And I don't think that's terribly unique in, in a lot of the great work that's on Broadway. Um, mm. uh, you know, you can try to, you can, you can look at theater as escapism, but uh, I don't see it that way. I think it's a coming home. And um, mm. uh, I think it was Anna Shapiro who said that, um, I'll butcher this because um, someone told me she said this. She didn't say it to me. <laughs> um, uh, in fact, the original director of Red Orchid said this uh, about what she said. His name is Shade Murray. He's, um, he's one of the most groundbreaking Chicago directors uh, there are. He said that, Anna said that uh, great stories don't teach us anything new. They just remind us of what we've always known but forgot. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if she didn't say it, uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what I'm trying to do. I, I, it's it, it's amazing quote. And I uh, with this piece, I find it to be so interesting because I I've studied theater. I direct. I freelance direct, and I and I see so much theater too. And I found that. A lot of theater of the last five, 10, maybe even 20 years has been very, um, whether it's straight plays or musical theater, it's very like um, spell everything out for the audience and make everything crystal clear so that everybody understands every minute of this and that it's cookie cutter. There's a lot of plays lately I feel like are like, and I leave the play and I'm like, okay, I don't really know what to talk about because I understand what happened and I felt some emotions there. Great. And there was something about that. And so there's that, but there, but then I find that the best plays, I walk out of the theater. I'm like, I have to like go like have a cup of coffee and like talk about this with the person I went to for like an hour. And so when Jeff and I left, you were like the first on our mind to be like, we have to like go figure out how to talk to him about this because we walked down. We're like, okay, wait, whoa, I have this theory. And Jeff was like, I actually have this theory. And it, and it was a talking piece. And mm-hmm. we were talking about this. And it was just, whether he was right or I was wrong, it didn't even matter who was right or wrong. It was just all the themes and motifs throughout it that we were talking about. So I guess my question for you is, when you get to the ending of this, I even re- was listening to people in the audience like, oh, I think that it was, I, someone said, this, I think this I was think like, was that. Yeah, yeah, like someone was like, I think this whole thing is set in purgatory. I heard an audience member say, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's – I actually didn't even think of that for a second. And I was like, wait, did she leave or who was human and who was a – so – and I love that. I think that's just what theater should do. Even a film should do that, you know? So my question is, do you like that people are perceiving the ending of this play like that? Do you like that people are talking about it? Do you wish that it was not talked about like that? Like what are your thoughts on like the ending, the ending? Because I feel like that's what's the buzz of this play right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's a tension between overt and covert. Mm. And I think that I'm always trying to ride the in-between. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I also, that said, do not believe in withholding or being ambiguous. Um, I respect the audience so much and I'm so grateful for their time that I – I do offer a sort of puzzle box, um, and that's that's very true. Though the answers to this play um, are all – they're all definitely hiding in plain sight. At Curtain, uh, there are things – there are – I guess clues is the word for it, but there are, there are clues littered about the stage that really 
just let you know what's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, without spoiling, if you, there are so many times where a character in the play who, who is of the house, who is an occupant of the house tells the guests of the house exactly what's happening and exactly what's coming for them. Um, but you know, perhaps that's what it is, you know, that, that, that the truth is, is, is horror. Um, so where, you know, our characters, our, our, our guests are, in, are, are in a bit of denial because they got some stuff to work out with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more and more they unravel, it's less, um, it, it doesn't lead them to a place of uncertainty. It leads them to a place of certainty. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love the theories I hear and read. I do troll the, the internet, which is a dangerous <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> yes, uh, as is. <laughs> it is very dangerous, and I have very thin skin, so it's tough. Uh, and there's a lot of landmines out there because you know people people have have very strong opinions, and I think that a play like this um, is provocative because mm-hmm. it doesn't uh, it does not want to help you, but it wants you to. You know, I wrote it so specifically for everybody who's watching it. I, I care so much, but at the same time, I I respect the audience so much that I, I want them to do their own math. Uh, I lay out all the all the equation uh, for them, and uh, I really there's this other thing that I'm so interested in, and it's that a play is an offer, right? And I say this to all the artists I work with on either side of the table. I say, look. My job's the ink. The white space between the ink is is our job together. And mm-hmm. it could be anything. It could be anything. We can shape it to anything. And Joe mm-hmm. has been such a he's so incredible. He's such a um I mean it's I'm not saying anything new about Joe. Um and he mm-hmm. certainly doesn't need me to validate validate his um his artistry. But it it's been it's been moving to be in the room and watch so many people at their at the top of their game in process um and for them to be in process on my really personal weird play um is 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 wild that's a long answer to i love the theories um <laughs> i love I, I love that i think the ending is challenging but and it's so hard for me to like not be like well no 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 it's this it's exactly right, this right um right. uh which you know I, i'm always happy to do like when I'm not being recorded. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you have a clear oh. ending. That Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're, they're, everything to me, I'm like, it's so clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but I understand, you know, sometimes we do a little rewrite and I'd say, Joe, this is, I'm just, you know, it'd be like a little volley. And I'd right. say, um, this is so overt. I, I don't, this is so overt. And he just look at me like, you, you, you think that's overt. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> Uh, he's, you know, um, so I, I'm always careful, but, uh, with, mm-hmm. with this, with the ending of the play, I think, I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel that the play overall translates to the stage from what you originally wrote in the play? And is there even more like scary moments in the play that really would be too much for the stage? Um, like jump scares. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Are you asking if we've lost anything, like in in like, uh, yeah, like that? Did it? Did you lose anything translating to the stage? 
uh, from like Chicago to New York, or just in general from script to from script to stage? Yeah, sure. From from script to Chicago to New York. Well, from the script, um, you know, it's funny. I I'll, I like to write in possible stage directions. So <laughs> I'll say like, uh, this wall becomes another wall, or this character's entire planet shifts, or mm-hmm. the refrigerator starts to bleed. Um, <laughs> Or, you know, stuff like that. Sort of these huge, impossible things. And that's where the collaboration is. So right. a wall becomes another wall. Um, you know, uh, Joe would call and say, tell me about the stage direction. And I'd say, well, I just know that I know that there's a huge transformation that happens here. And it could be many things. But in this moment this character is suddenly in a different house or, mm-hmm. you know, in a, it, there's some sort of, um, j- there's a lot of dream logic to that. So Joe would say like, uh, okay, thank you. You know, how about this? Or he'd take that back to the designers and, and then call me or, or you know, this is before we start a rehearsal. Um, so that's one, that's one part of it. Um, in terms of horrifying moments that, or scary moments that we've had to lose, I don't think so. Um, there was an act of violence. There's already a, an act of violence in the play that's it's fairly spectacle-driven and I think a very beautiful act of violence in terms of, whoa, I've never seen that on stage before. Um, yeah. Uh, and that used to be a little more gruesome, which might make you laugh if you've seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. uh, you have seen it. Yes, yep, it, yep. On, on the page, it involves some ha- a hammer and some nails. Okay. Um, and I think Joe, I think the cast and crew and designers would have been down for to go as far as the play needs to go. But, you know, sometimes with gore, particularly on stage, the more realistic it is, r- realistic it is the less believable it is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, so you sense. have to be, yeah, totally. The, if it's totally real, the audience starts paying attention to how real it is. And yeah. then suddenly, of course, they know it isn't. And then moments have gone by. But if it's an exhibition, if it's if it's artful, and you know, you could go for realism too, but if there's something dreamlike about it, then I think the audience is more inclined to go to 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 just get in that water and swim. Um, it totally relates to what you said earlier too about this is something you somewhat in a way dreamed up. And that really actually helps me kind of process this whole story a little bit more too. Because I always think about that from a dreamlike perspective. I, just like you, have had like night terrors my whole life. I also really? think from my sister showing me scary movies when I should not have been <laughs> watching them. But I, for my whole life, I always had them. And I've always been intrigued to kind of know how do people actually get that down on paper? Because, you know, when you wake up, you only have it for such like, how long do you remember that dream for or certain mm-hmm. parts of the dream that are so important and you just got to probably write it right away. But it really is actually making me look at this play from a completely different angle now. So it's- <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I've, I've, I'm so lucky for my dreams and I, I love when I have a nightmare I mean, I don't love it. My wife definitely doesn't love it. <laughs> um, but you know, there's been times where I've, I've had to really think hard if it was a nightmare or if something happened, you know, and, um, it's, it's interesting. It's, um, it's interesting. I, 
I don't know. You know, uh, sometimes I think the quickest way to bore somebody is talk about your dreams. Um, <laughs> but uh, except in I this only sense. take. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. No, but you know, like last night I had a dream, and you're like, okay, well, I would like to go get coffee. Um, <laughs> but. I don't know. I, I I just take there's sometimes I just go through a series of images and I and I yeah. I, I sort of pull the threads from that, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 in talking about post Grey House, I have a question for you here as to what's next for you. Are you thinking that have you written other things? Are you trying to go back to Chicago? Do you want to continue some Broadway stuff? Do you have something in the works that you're allowed to say or not allowed to say? Like what's what's next for you past this show? I'm doing an adaptation of a horror film uh, uh, that I can't really talk about. And okay. That should that should happen in in London. Great. I'm doing uh, my next play that will see an audience, or an audience will see, uh, will be in the spring of '24 uh, in Chicago, um, starring Michael Shannon and Travis Knight. Uh, Travis Knight is an incredible actor. He 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 was in the original Grey House, and we are uh, all three of us. Mike, Travis, and I are, are ensemble members uh, at a Red Orchid. Um, so that's a horror play. It's a two-hander. Um, uh, did I say it's called Turret? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And it's uh, it's it's it, it, I guess you could call it a bit of a spiritual cousin to to Grey House. It has some of the same rules going on. Um, but it's um, it's about well, I won't say too much. But it, it it is about two men who live underground in a sort of bunker underneath a a massive turret and uh you know a big a, a big sort of gun and mm. they're soldiers and something there is something outside that wants in mm. um, but we are you know they are. They are two men who whose relationship keeps changing and changing and changing from father and son to brothers to lovers. We're not ever sure, and there's some reveals that 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 take us through the the how and the why of that. But it's really an exploration of of cycles of abuse, uh, alcoholism, fathers and sons, um, the ghosts of the living, and it has um, sort of a, it's sort of paying homage to some of my favorite horror movies like The Thing and Alien. Mm. Love that. That's some Ooh, great stuff coming interesting. up. For sure. That's super interesting. Um, we're getting close to the end here. So we always like to ask one last final question to all of our guests. But what is a fun behind the scenes moment or memory that you've had working on Grey House, whether it was in Chicago or Broadway, that you want to share with the listeners? <laughs> oh, man. Um there's so many, and, and this is such a good question. If, had, if I had, if if I if I knew it was coming, I'd give you the, the <laughs> most golden the, the, <laughs> the most golden nugget ever. Um, one of my favorite things, and this is not the funniest thing, but one of my favorite things, and he would uh, not agree that it was a favorite thing of his. But Joe has uh, what you call what he calls tech shins. Have you ever heard this phrase, a tech shin? No. no. So during tech, you know, you know, it's pitch black in the theater. Mm-hmm. And when you oh. get up to you get up, some seats of the Lyceum don't don't fold right back up. So 
uh, Joe cannot sit still, right? He is up and up and up and up. And every time he gets up, he rams his shins full speed into like a, a folded down chair. So he just got like a series of like deep purple lines on his shins. He's got tech shins. Um, and tech? Okay, I, tech. yeah, he's got tech shins. Um, I so I, I, I couldn't help but, but laugh and, uh, uh, you know, I feel bad for his legs, but, uh, he, he it's his choice to get up. You know, he keeps getting up. Um, so that's probably, that's probably, that's, I got a hundred of them, but that one, I, I, that I feel one like sucks, he's got, so. he's probably not alone in that. I'm sure there's plenty of directors, choreographers, playwrights who run up and down the aisle to check things and sight lines and running and boom, 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 bump into things. I'm sure that's always happening. <laughs> oh my God. Theater is a dangerous sport, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, uh, <it> soccer. <laughs> Definitely Shin <is>. guards. <laughs> Well, listen, everyone, thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. This was a really, really wonderful conversation. It just is so wonderful to hear from the source of the show. So thank you all for listening today. And thank you, Levi, for joining us today. Yes, we hope you enjoyed our conversation with Levi. Uh, Levi, if our listeners would like to learn more about your work, where could they find you? Uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't really traffic too much of the social medias, but I am on Instagram at Levi Hollow. Um, and then they can look up a Red Orchid Theater uh, to find what's coming next. Great. Love that. All right, cool. Um, thank you all to our listeners. And if you have any suggestions for any future episodes, we'd love to hear from you as well. You can connect with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. Also, if you'd want to check out our, our full review and thoughts on Grey House, you can go back and listen to our past podcast episode all about that, which is linked in the description of this podcast episode. There we go. Yes. So <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today, Levi. We can't wait to see what's in store for you next. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie saying ta-ta for now. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.